0: Welcome. It's SV Pod. I'm Scott Van Pelt with Stanford Steve. I say with him, he was with me and I was going to incorporate him in the tease, but he clicked off the Zoom before, before I could even ask him how fired up he was about the draft. The big fella is excited. So am I. It's next Thursday. It's intriguing. We've got all the quarterback drama. We have all the pass catchers. is a lot of fantasy football flavor. Uh, and there's also a lot of players who have uh, performed for teams that you know. High level, high profile uh, college football team. So it's it's the type of draft where I think you're going to have at least a passing idea of who these people are. And I say you and me and Steve, but not to the depth of a guy like Todd McShay, who uh, will join us here momentarily to talk about the draft. And here's what you need to know about McShay. The dude's got his own podcast he's doing with Field Yates and, um, and Mel, and he's just done a Sports Center special. So the last thing in the world, the last thing in the world he wants to do is talk to us two idiots about the draft but because he's a mensch and he's one of us and he's a good guy he made some time for your boys vivid seats wants you to get to the games you love this spring experience every pitch assist and game-winning shot live and in person and the best part each transaction is a step towards a free 11th ticket with vivid seats Rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code SVP. That's code SVP. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Also, be sure to check out the First Draft podcast with Todd McShay, Mel Kuyper Jr., and Field Yates. The draft is next week. They've got you covered with everything you need to know. And action. Join now on Pod by Todd McShay. NFL Draft next week. The man is literally just off a set.
1: <laughs> I,
0: I I thank you. And here's the thing. In life, right, you're a, you're a famous guy. Steve's a famous guy. I'm not, not so much. But we've all had that moment where somebody comes up <laughs> to us, and they do that thing, and they say, Hey, I don't want to bother you. And I always say two things. Number one, you're not bothering me. Number two, if you hated to do it, you wouldn't do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and so <laughs> when I send McShay a text to say, bro, I hate asking you as much as you hate being asked, but can we can we just do some rapid fire draft stuff? Because this draft is is legitimately fascinating. And you know, Steve and I, we watch the stuff. So thank you. Sincerely, thank you.
2: I appreciate it. I I love you guys. You know that we let's do it.
0: Okay. I'll, I'll just dive right in with this. We know it's going to be quarterback heavy. I want to know if you think that 2011 was the year that everything changed. And that was the year where cam went one. We knew that would happen, but then locker went eight Gabbert went 10 ponder went 12. And we were all looking around going, what is this? Like, was that like the year that from the NFL's perspective, you're just going to take flyers on dudes, whether they're going to pan out or not, or if or if I'm wrong with that kind of that theory.
2: No, that, that was the year the the collective bargaining agreement changed, and so it went from 50 million the year before to 25 million, and so teams were starting to say, you know what, we can mess up at quarterback and still like we can recover three, four years down the road versus seven, nine years down the road. That, okay. that legitimately was the difference.
0: Okay. Now history tells us yep. that, okay. If, if, if five guys go first round, like it's 40%. Right. Like, and that's generous, Don. That's pretty generous. 40%. So history says you're going to swing and miss. If there's anything about this group collectively that you would say, all right, hold on, maybe not. Maybe this group's different. What is it about the collective, if you believe that, that might make this different?
2: Well, Trevor Lawrence is is a once in a decade type of quarterback prospect, right? I mean, he he's so calm. He handled everything. He's thirty eight and two as a starter at Clemson, and so we know what he is. But their team, you know talking to the head coaches and the general managers that, that have been evaluating him in the top two spots the biggest thing is he he doesn't have the recall and I'll only will only tell you this he doesn't have the recall that an Andrew Luck has but the from the physical tools he has everything that you want and so teams are kind of you know managing and working it but Trevor Lawrence is going to be the number one overall pick then Zach Zach Wilson from BYU is going to be the number two pick after that it is a, in my opinion, a little bit of a crapshoot, because you've got Mac Jones from Alabama who only started 17 games, he had the two pick sixes against Auburn the, the prior year in 2019 and then he got better and better as this past year went on. And everyone's saying that Kyle Shanahan from San Francisco wants him to be, you know, the the pick at number 3. But I look at it and say, man, I would I would love to have Trey Lance from North Dakota State. He just brings more mobility. And and we'll see how that plays out. And then after after that you've got uh, Justin Fields, who's probably the most physically gifted quarterback in this entire class. So it's, it's really interesting. And we all know that every single year it's about 40% in terms of where the quarterbacks wind up and do, do they have success in the NFL? And, you know, we just have to wait and see, but I think that Mac Jones is probably going to be the third overall pick, even though he's the fifth most talented quarterback in terms of just physical skills of this group.
1: Todd, so if he doesn't have the recall as luck, then he can't have the same grade as luck. So he better not get the same final grade. <laughs> I'm just telling you, all right? That's what we have to to hang on. Um, I got you, Steve. I want to go back to the quarterbacks, okay? I started thinking about this last year with Tua and Burrow, and especially when they played each other. And I looked at them, and you go back and you watch the film. They have the advantage – of every single matchup on the field. Their guy yep. is better than the guy that's trying to guard them at every single position. And Burrow made the most of it. And he's he's continued to, you know, he, he went all the way up to number one. And I think the same thing about the top four guys at the biggest programs this year, and I'll get to Lance after this, but Trevor, Fields, uh, Wilson, and um, who am I missing? Jones. Jones. How do you evaluate and how do you – find like like it's, they they just they've taken advantage of, of the system it feels like how do you evaluate and and decipher when there's just so much good and they have so many advantages like is there enough um is there, is 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 there enough dirty film um out there <laughs> you know like it's just you know, they, they just had to credit to them. They've taken advantage of it. Like, how do you go about the process of that evaluation, knowing they have the advantage every snap? I think it's very easy when you, when you evaluate
2: Trevor Lawrence, uh, he's clearly the most talented quarterback. And then it's Zach Wilson after that. But then Mac Jones is the hardest one of all these guys. Cause mm-hmm. Trey Lance has the mobility. Justin Fields has the mobility. They both can extend plays. Trey Lance played 17 games that, at the FCS yeah. level, right? So that like, it makes it so hard to evaluate what he did. And he had the one game against Central Arkansas this past year, mm-hmm. which was a showcase game and one of the weirdest college football games that I've ever watched. Yeah. yeah. But when you watch Mac Jones, yes, he only had 17 starts as well. And yes, he had talent around him, but he put up better numbers than Tuatanga Bailoa put up with four wide receivers that are going to wind up being first round draft picks. And so Mac, in talking to Steve Sartesian, the, the former offensive coordinator, who now is the, the head coach at uh, Texas, in the first game of the year, he said, all we need from, from Mac is for him to be, you know, just stay in his lane. Don't, don't do anything outside of what you need to do. We've got, we've got wide receivers. We've got offensive linemen. We've got Najee Harris. They're all going to be first round picks. And then the third game that we did after the second, and then the third game we did, he said, I've never installed more with a college quarterback than I have with this, with this quarterback. So it just, it tells you how mentally ready he is to be a star in the NFL but the problem is he doesn't have the physical tools that you see from Trey Lance yeah. and Justin Fields. So that's what makes it so difficult when you're trying to evaluate these quarterbacks.
1: You said with that you say Lance 3 to the Niners that's what you think you would do. Have you seen him face enough adversity to make you feel comfortable? No,
2: I haven't. Okay. I haven't, but I but but I've also watched I've watched Kyle Shanahan watch Matt Ryan get out of field goal position because he didn't have the mobility. I've Mm -hmm. watched Kyle Shanahan watch Kansas city and and Patrick Mahomes in the (laughs) second half when he was extending plays. And it's something tells me that I know that he wants that joystick. He wants the smart guy. He wants someone who can pick up things really quickly, but don't you want someone who someone who can bring more to the table in terms of mobility and extending plays and creating beyond the initial play. that That's what I'm struggling with because I see that in Trey Lance. I see that in Justin Fields. I don't see that in, in Mac Jones, even though I, I watch Mac Jones and his QBR versus pressure, his QBR versus the blitz, his QBR and 21 plus yard, uh, yards down the field in terms of throws are better than everyone else in this class, including Trevor Lawrence and including um, Zach Wilson, like he, he has everything that Kyle Shanahan wants, but don't you want to see some more mobility in that system? That, that to me is the most interesting part of this draft.
0: Have you reached the part that is inevitable before every draft where you just want to puke if you have to put on like more tape of of, of a certain prospect. Like, I mean, I guess in the case of like a <laughs> Wilson, you don't need to watch anymore. like you you assume like, okay, he's two, the draft starts at three. But like have you reached a point where it's like I just I can't. I just can't anymore with this. or is this class I, such that you know what? There's so much that's interesting about t- it? Take
2: a th- look behind me. This, this, <laughs> is, this is where I watch all my tape. okay? Three hundred and ninety <laughs> players I've watched. three hundred and ninety okay. since last May to now. And I've seen enough.
0: I just, I have to mail it in, right? Who do you love? Who do you absolutely love? A guy that Todd McShay saying, like, and we we feel like through the years, this goes back to the Russillo days, like McShay would put his (laughs) rep on the line and say, this guy right here is going to be a badass pro.
2: I'm going to go with Elijah Vera Tucker, the the left tackle from USC, who's going to kick inside the guard and he's going to be a star. And I love Rashawn Slater from Northwestern, another left tackle. And everyone's talking about Panay Sewell, right? And he he's going to be a great player as well. He's 330 pounds. He's physical. He's tough. He's long. It takes it takes a lot to get around him. But I love mobile offensive linemen. And and I think Vera Tucker as a guard is going to be a great player. And I think Rashawn Slater Slater is going to be a great left tackle because because he's so mobile and. In today's NFL, right, screen game, quick game, second-level blocking. And th- those two guys are so exceptional in that area. I just – I love watching them. And, and then Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts, I think, if you throw all the quarterbacks out of this draft, Kyle Pitts is the best player in this draft. He, he really wow. is. I mean, his wingspan is – we've never seen that. We've never seen the length that that a tight end has had his ability to get off the press to, and, and listen, if anyone knows, Steve, you, I mean, you're my I, tight end guy. So, yeah. He, he can separate. I, he can run after the catch. He can pluck on the run and transition up the field quickly. I, I have never given a tight end a higher grade than I've given to Kyle Pitts.
1: I, I, I just think that the, the hype is getting out of control, Todd. Like, this the expectation is getting crazy, and but but, but with, who?
2: All right, tell me, tell me who else then in this draft is better than him and can
1: be oh. a, a matchup piece that that he is? Oh no, not not at the position. No, no chance. There's nothing. I'm just saying the expectation level for what he's gonna produce. You know, when you start talking to you know fantasy football numbers, like people <laughs> are just saying astronomical things, and I just feel like like he's going to get different coverages he hasn't seen he's going to face way better athletes than he's seen and no offense to the sec i know you guys are awesome but it just feels like the hype is so out of control and i just worry about the kid being able to to fulfill these expectations that are being put on a position that i've 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 never heard like we've the tight ends the y position he might have to transform it and find his own letter because the way people are talking about him, where he's, <laughs> he's going to be max, like, he's not yeah, a he's the P or something. Um, but no, uh, I, I
2: hear you, man. But like, yeah, who, who's better in this class? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I look at at the wide receivers and I, I love Jamar Chase from LSU. Mm-hmm. He's a great player. He, I yeah. know he opted out this past year, but he, he's the most talented wide receiver. Devontae Smith had probably the best receiving year in the history of college football. And, and we're talking about him as, as probably the second receiver off the board. And Jalen Waddell, don't forget this. He had in the first four games when he was healthy, he had 13 fewer catches and 74 more yards than Devontae Smith. So you're talking about three <laughs> exceptional pass catchers, but I, I to me if I'm an offensive coordinator and if I'm Atlanta and I'm sitting there at number four, and if we decided, you know what, we're going to, we're going to go with Matt Ryan for the next couple of years, I'm going to take Kyle Pitts mm. because I can, I can match him up with Julio Jones and, and uh, Calvin Ridley. And all of a sudden now we have a chance to go from picking fourth overall to maybe being in the playoffs and making a run. That's exactly what I
0: said. That's exactly what I said last week about that exact thing. Because if Julio and Ridley are on the field, Julio's wide, Calvin's in the slot or wide. And now Pitts has a linebacker on him. How
2: how are you going to cover me?
0: You're not. It's play the fight song. If you put it to put it in college terms, (laughs) you're playing the fight song again. If if that's what you, if that's what you choose to do now, when you did all your mocks, you added a lot of layers of, of, of moving parts and some trades. And it, uh, Steve and I had this conversation the other night as we were doing the sports center, like during a break about, no, I don't believe anything anyone tells me now. Okay. Like no, you know, nothing. there's no point in <laughs> ever having anybody from a front office on, because why would they tell me, well, you know, Scott, we're really thinking we're going to trade. Well, they're not going to be honest about that, but you get the feel for who might move up, who might move back now here in Charlotte might be willing to move. Uh, Carolina rather might be willing to move back here in Washington. I wonder, might they try to move up to get Lance? Like if there's a team that you buy, you buy would be ready to push chips in the middle and move up. Is there one that stands out?
2: I think new, new England's the most interesting team, honestly, okay. because uh, Bill Belichick always adapts. Right. Mm-hmm. And every time I think I know what he's going to do, and every time I go off the history of what he's done, I always have to adjust because he does, he does something different. And, and now you're sitting at 15, and they, they backed up the Brinks truck, right, for the two tight ends and the receivers and the, and the edge rushers and everyone else that they, they spent the money on. Why wouldn't you go up and get a quarterback? But you know you have to get up ahead of Denver. That's the whole thing. Because there's a very, very good likelihood that the first three picks are going to be quarterbacks. Atlanta could take the fourth quarterback. And so, you know, Denver's sitting there at number nine. So they have to make a deal with, as you mentioned, Carolina or, or Detroit to go up and get that quarterback. So it's, it's going to be fascinating to see. Obviously Chicago wants to move up and get a quarterback, but I, from 20 to seven or eight, I, I just don't see that. So no, they don't I think New it. England's the most likely team to move up into that top 10 to go get a quarterback.
0: Chicago doesn't need to move up. They got QB one, bro. QB one. Yeah, they do. They do. <laughs> Red Rifle. Respect. Andy
1: Dalton, baby. Let some respect on that name. Scott. Or, or Todd is it the Micah Parsons deal? We're we're hearing stuff here. Is he the best defensive football player in this class?
2: I think so. I really do. I'm I've, I've stood next to him, and you know how how important length is, right, on these mm-hmm. defensive guys. I've I think his arm was below his <laughs> knees when I was standing next to him at the Penn state game. Like he can cover, he goes sideline to sideline. He's crazy, which is exactly what you need at the linebacker position. And, and I mean that in the nicest possible way. Like he, yeah. he's got a screw loose and, and he just, it's- he loves, he loves physicality and, 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 and tackling dudes and taking guys down. And the thing that Micah Parsons does better than any off-the-ball linebacker that I've watched in the last few years, he gets after the quarterback. Mm. He can get home. And there's not many guys like that. Listen, I love Patrick Sertan, the corner from from Alabama, and and Caleb Farley, who's coming off the back injury from Virginia Tech. I think he's the best man-to-man cover corner. And, you know, there's so many other great players on the defensive side that are going to get pushed down but I think Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in this draft.
1: Would his stock be higher if he played this year?
2: Um, It, it might be, but I, but I also think like when you have five quarterbacks that so we're talking about in the top 10 to 15, and then you have four pass catchers with mm-hmm. Kyle Pitts, Devontae Smith, uh, Jamar Chase, yeah. and Jalen Waddell, like, I mean, those, those are nine guys right there. So – all of these defensive players are going to get knocked down. Patrick Sertan's going to get knocked down. J.C. Horn, the corner from South Carolina, is going to get knocked down. Uh, all of these other defensive players will get knocked down in that like the eleven to twenty range. But uh, but I, wow. I don't think that playing this year would have helped Micah Parsons. I, I just he's a special talent. He's going to. I think he's going to be the first defensive player off the board. And if he's not, he's probably going to be the best defensive player in this year's draft.
0: Todd, how how light is it this year on defensive tackles in particular, and then edge rushers in general? Just just D line, sort of get after the the, pa- the passer type talent. Is it how thin is it?
2: The defensive end position, the edge guys, they're, it's pretty good, uh, and everyone's kind of missing that. Quitty Pay from Michigan is so twitchy and explosive. Uh, Jalen Phillips from Miami is is powerful. And, and he, he had a great season this past year. His his teammate that, who opted out, Greg Rousseau, sure, had a, he's had a yeah, great delicious. season two years ago, 15 and a half sacks. Um, you you got Aziz Ojolari from, from Georgia is a perfect 3-4 outside linebacker who's got the speed, the explosiveness, that dip and rip move that he has is is special. So. And Zaven Collins from Tulsa. I mean, there's yeah. so many good edge players. Yeah, and, but the but, defensive tackle position is brutal. I mean, yeah. Christian Barmore is the only guy coming out of Alabama that I, I would give a first-round grade to okay. after that. Uh, Levi Onzerike is, is probably the next best coming out of Washington, but uh-uh. he's a three technique, uh, three technique that you take in the second round. But I, I think there's a good chance that we go through the entire first round, Scott, without a defensive tackle coming off the board.
0: But the edge wow. guys, the, the, the edge guys are interesting. And, and I I don't know if I say his name right. If his, is it Owe or Owa, the, the guy from Penn state yeah. who he's, who he's in a, a
1: a four, he, he was, three eight, right? yeah, he
0: was was an absolute freak in their pro day up in uh up in Happy Valley. Like the the edge guys, and I sent this by way of a text to you that I just had this thought earlier. It feels like th- they're not the quarterbacks of the defensive side, but it feels like it's a coin flip there in terms of assessing the guys that are going to translate right, like the guys whose college no skills, and I. I guess I just don't understand. Why is it so hard to figure out who's going to be able to do it, man? Like you spend your whole life trying to figure it out and, and <laughs> it feels like they just, I don't, it's just wild to me. You know what I'm saying? What What's hard is
2: when you, when you study tape on these guys, they're going up against offensive linemen that they're not going to face in the NFL. That's fair for the most part. Yeah, That's what's hard. So you're watching, you know, Oh, you're, you're watching Xavier Collins play in you know, in in subpar level, you're you're watching a lot of these guys that are not going up against elite offensive tackles, but I will agree with you on this. No question about it outside of quarterback. I need a guy that's going to get to the quarterback and, and these defensive ends, I'd love to have defensive tackles. We don't have them this year, Yeah. but the defensive ends are the, are the next best thing. And then corners and now wide receivers because of how the game has, is, evolved in terms of being so spread out but uh but i you know the the edge rushers to me right now in this year's class are the second most important position and then i would go wide receiver third
0: all right before he face it, steve rapid fire yep all right here we
1: go over <laughs> over unders here we go ready oh no here we go come on rapid fire Yep. sewell over under five and a half uh over i don't think i don't think cincinnati's gonna take them Wow. Okay, Jamar Chase over under five and a half.
2: Ooh. And when I say over, you mean going higher, right? Yes. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go over. Okay. I think if Cincy doesn't take Panay Sewell at five, I think that that um, I think they go tight end at that spot.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. Pitts over under is five yeah, and a half too. Yeah.
2: Kyle Pitts goes goes five.
1: Okay. Under. Uh, Trey Lance over under six and a half.
2: Ooh. Under. Under. Ooh. I still think Sam Fran's going to wind up taking him. At
1: three. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Sertan over under 10 and a half.
2: You're a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go under. I think he goes to Dallas and 10 if Dallas doesn't move up or back.
1: Parsons, 11 and a half.
2: Um, I'm going to go over, I think, oh. I think all the defensive players are going to start to fall a little bit, but I again, I, I think he deserves to go somewhere in the top 10. All
1: right. Last two, the two Alabama receivers, Waddle, 11 and a half. Under. Really?
0: Under. Wow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's going top 10. Yes.
2: I believe wow. I, I there, I've talked to teams. I've talked to two different teams that actually have him ahead of Devontae Smith on their board.
1: So you would say over on Devontae Smith, 11 and, and a half. What's the number? 11 and a half. Same number. I think they both go in the top 10. woo Yep. All right. We got ac- five, well, how- five. The Waddle return game has got to be a big factor, Four pass right? catchers
2: go in the top 10.
1: The Waddle return game has to be a big factor, right?
2: Or yes, both of them, actually, because the Devontae did pretty well. Man, like- this this league wants guys that you can just put in space and go do different things. He's not Tyreek Hill. There's only one Tyreek. Yeah. But he he's pretty darn close.
1: All right.
0: How many punters go first day? <laughs>
1: <laughs> we got the suits all ready to go. Uh,
0: yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Wait, yeah, I, just, I, I let's, miss let's, I miss you two idiots. Let's leave it. Leave him with a laugh. You're you're gracious to spend. <laughs> Um, I mean it sincerely. I know how much <laughs> of a pain in the ass it is. You It'll continue pass. to do great work, and uh, we love to see it, man. Stay well, and we'll uh, we'll watch you uh, shine on draft night. All right, pal.
2: I appreciate you guys.
0: Steve and I have lengthy lists talking about this guy or this thing or this whatever. whatever. Once a week, one thing a week. Here's what I hate. All right, Silky Johnson sponsored. Hate, hate, hate. I hate you, I hate you, and I hate you. I hope every bad thing in the world happens to you and only you. Here's what I hate this week. Steve, I'm going first. Go. I hate the fact that, hold on a second, Uh, December, January, February, March, April, more than four months after... Testing positive for the Rona. I hate the fact that I still can't taste. Food doesn't taste right. Nothing tastes right. I can taste certain things, other things don't, no flavor at all. Things that taste, that should taste like something like I like a nice planter's peanut. It's a good source of something crunchy, kind of salty good, good protein. You eat a handful of peanuts. If I put a handful of peanuts in my mouth that has this strangest sort of odd flavor, one of many things that don't taste right. And I hate it and I'm sick of it. I'm going to get a shot this week. Mm-hmm. Team Pfizer. Supposedly that has helped for some fellow long haulers, hashtag survivors that have, <laughs> that have gotten the Rona, Like I had, and I'm grateful that what I got was just this kind of BS, can't taste, but you're fine for the rest that is way more important. But like, it's four months and change down the line, and I can't taste many things. Thankfully, Diet Coke, I can kind of taste. That's good. Yeah. Peanut M&Ms, oddly enough. Peanuts on their own don't taste right, but add the M&M portion. And so you're thinking, oh, you're probably losing weight. No, I'm not, because you know what I do, Steve? I hate eat. <laughs> I hate eat. That's I just a segment. eat. I just eat because I'm mad, and I'm like, I can't taste it, but fuck it. I'm eating it anyway. Ah, ah, ah. Shout out to Lido Pizza. It's a regional pizza that I like a lot. It has a very distinctive flavor. I can't taste it. Mm. Can't taste that tomato sauce. It's got a sweetness to it. Can't taste it. But when my family was away this week, you know what I did? I ate like a whole damn pie in sorrow, just eating piece after piece, furious that I can't (laughs) taste it. Like the sausage has got a a great sausage on a Lido pie. Can't taste that. Can't taste the tomato. And I eat it anyway, to the point that I think I'm going to puke because I've eaten so much, hoping that the light will come on, but it won't. It has to go... This has to end. I have to get my taste back. Damn it.
1: You ate a whole pizza sober? It was over the period of several sittings. Okay, okay, I mean, okay. I, look, okay. I, didn't I thought a, you just I sat didn't... down after a long drive, and you just sat down and got after it, rolled the sleeves up and went.
0: I did, because I like... Leto's is not circular. It's so rectangular no. They don't cut corners. I like the outside pieces. So I did all the corner crusts. So I. I did all the corner crusts. And I and then that middle's any.
1: just staring at you.
0: Yep. And then I just smashed some of that. Otis got some pepperonis. He just sat there drooling. Nice. Like a, just just like a faucet of drool. Um, and so yeah, that's where we are. I I hate that I can't taste. Um, and I'm hoping that this uh that this vaccine, on top of theoretically keeping me from getting ill if this pops up again okay I hope it turns the light bulb on and takes me to Flavortown shout out Guy Fieri
1: what do you hate Steve this is big Scott um I might hate you after this because this has to go through a couple questions so
0: okay well I think we've
1: come to a crossroads in our relationship you have a dog correct I do do you take the dog for a walk
0: we did. We did today. As a matter of fact, beautiful day here in the DMV. Okay.
1: Is there a sidewalk in your community? There is. Did you to walk the dog on the sidewalk? We did. Thank God, because people that walk their dogs on roads that have sideways and in, in sidewalks on the ro- in the road, I hate them. Why are you walking in the road when there's a sidewalk right there? What is your problem? Joggers, there's a sidewalk. Jog on the sidewalk. Why are you in the road? I can't stand it. And it's a serious problem down in your neck of the woods because of those cyclers. Yeah, it's a pandemic. They're they're a whole different argument. But if you have a dog and you're walking your dog in a neighborhood that has a sidewalk and you're walking the dog in the street, I hate you.
0: Those cyclists. Can those cyclists can get some too? Because they're those gonna, guys, they're gonna. Those guys in the middle of the road and their Tour de France jerseys, like they're riding the Pyrenees. Get the f- out of the road, man! <laughs> Come on, what are we doing? What are we doing? This, what are we doing? What are we doing? And the, and there's there's like there's it's, they're just and they look at you
1: like you're the bad guy. I like, can't hey, drive my car on the sidewalk. Exactly. Asshole. Exactly. Jesus. This is just kind it of is a, a problem. It is. It's in the because site. now, listen, I'm not talking about the dogs. I'm talking okay. about the people that have the dogs. Because now, you guys think you're all cool and you all have these stretch chains where you're like, oh, yeah, look at Lucy run. And then all of a sudden, it's like 30 feet.
0: And oh, Lucy's uh, Lucy's up there. On... <laughs> Where's Lucy. Are you getting so, a dog? Are you going to get a dog? No. Come on. There's no chance that the girls haven't asked you, Daddy. Can we get a dog? No, they know.
1: Okay. Um, Why do you hate dogs, Steve? I don't hate dogs. I had a dog growing up all the time. Get the girls a dog then. Not getting a dog. Okay. I think that I think we can get we can
0: delve a little deeper into the cycling thing down the road but right now steve hates the people
1: down the steve, road ah
0: there you go steve hates the people that uh walk through am I, am I wrong no no there's a sidewalk man come on okay exactly. What are we doing thank you what are we doing my thing is no i can't blame anyone like i just i just every morning i wake up and and pray that today's the day that that i can taste and
1: and how's i don't that go, how's that going
0: so far you know i've been told you god
1: blew at, the maggio streak away
0: God answers every prayer. Uh, prayer. Sometimes the answer is no. I'm glad you added streak after you said I blew Dimaggio because that you know
1: very important. Blue Dimaggio streak. Streak.
0: Yeah, yeah. Important. Yeah. We're 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 four months and counting here, and um, wow. I mean, I, I just I just really want to be able to taste Lito's pie and uh, like Italian
1: food. It's just, yeah. Because there's what else you can't. The only thing you can taste is a peanut M M&M. and M. Come on.
0: Um, I could, I can certain like salt, like, cause you're like the thing about Steve that you should, that you don't know that you, that you would like to know is that if you eat with Steve, Steve is, a, is gotta have his seasonings, right? Mm-hmm. So he'll have, he'll get packets of different things to make sure. And when we used to eat in the ESPN calf, like he'd get a dozen salt packets yeah. and make sure that the salt was on there. Like you'll eat some salt. Like, if mm-hmm. you were a cow, you would just be at the salt lick all day getting some salt. Correct. I can kind of taste the salt of certain things. But that, like those planters peanuts that have like the... How about those popcorn or chips I got you last night? Not really. No. Popcorn? But, no? Not really. The key oh. on the planters is like this dust. I don't know what it is. It's like this secret yeah. spicy dust that that's what makes them taste good. But I can't taste it. But the minute I put the peanuts in my mouth it's this flavor that isn't the it's people have described it like like uh, it tastes like a nickel. And I'm like, who eats who eats change?
1: I I have a question for
0: you. I don't know what I don't know what
1: a nickel tastes like, but it is kind of tinny, I guess. What do you got? What if they told you you had if you drank a gallon of milk every day for a week, you would get your taste back? Would you do it like a motherfucker? How about and you
0: hate milk? I haven't had a glass of milk since I was in high school. I would chug <laughs> gallons of milk. Of course I would. Do you I can't taste food? So of course I drink that milk. Come on. All right. Well, all right I'm all right.
1: Can you can you taste Chipotle?
0: No, <sighs> not really. Not really. It, it's not really. Not really. can again. It's, it's a little salt on a steak. there's certain if the steak is seasoned correctly like the certain marinade you get you get a little hint of it like there's like you you could smell yes that's the weird thing if you take your finger and you make but but you couldn't you couldn't smell not initially but if you make it a tiny little pinhole and you look through it You Mm -hmm. can see whatever's in that. I'm doing it right now. Everybody that's listening to the podcast is doing it right now. They're making a little pinhole and they're going, yeah. And you're looking through that. And I'm telling you, that's kind of all I can get out of the flavor. Like whatever's in that little pinhole, that's it. I want to be able to expand the
1: view a little. So why don't you try some? uh, You should try and see if you could taste some of uh, Otis's Alpo. Why would I eat dog food? See if you could taste
0: it. I don't know what it's supposed to taste like. (laughs) Again, you can smell it. You know what it's going to taste like. A terrible idea. All right. That's all right. We've reached a point in the podcast when Steve's giving me terrible ideas and I'm not eating dog food. Uh, I hope everybody has a lovely day. Thank you for making SV Pod part of your uh, part of your life. And we'll talk to you soon.